You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. I am your host, Jeff Ellis. Uh, since we're going back to the five-day-a-week model, I thought I would do something I had promised for a while, and that is dive back into the fun world of geolocation of our audience. Now, it is probably no surprise that we are 93, basically 94% uh, from the United States in terms of our listens. Number two, Ireland. Number three, Canada. Finland at four. Australia at five. Uh, If we don't count our other, which is just a, a, you know, everything else that's left. So after Australia at five, Japan at six, Germany seven, Italy at eight, Netherlands at nine, and 10th, Sierra Leone. I uh, didn't expect Sierra Leone, I'll be honest. I also didn't expect Ireland to be too, but hey, thank you all. That is awesome. So let's dive into, uh, so if you're curious, during the, I'm going from May 31st through now, so just over like summerish time, uh, it's 9,000 total downloads, 8,900, I mean it's a little more than 9,000 total downloads, but 8,900 from the United States, 109 from Ireland, so we probably have like one very dedicated Irish listener and I want to thank you. Uh, all of it coming from Lannister, L-E-I-N-S-T-R, so thank you. Ohio has taken back the top spot by a significant margin. There are about 1,000 unknowns, but Ohio is uh, 2,600. Then comes Tennessee, Virginia, Carolina at 4, Utah at 5, Georgia at 6, Florida 7, Michigan 8, Kentucky 9, Nevada 10. We're, we're represented all over. It's kind of awesome to see. Uh, <laughs> there were the one time listen in Kansas, Mississippi, and West Virginia, and that was enough for them. Same for uh, Nebraska, Montana, District of Columbia, and Arizona. All had some quick dive ins, but uh, if we dive into Ohio itself, let's see. Uh, Louisville, number one listen site uh, for the uh, the podcast. Col- Cleveland, Columbus, Akron at four, Youngstown, Wadsworth six. Hey, I lived there for like three years. Uh, Cincinnati seven, Lakewood eight, Medina nine. 10 is Cedarville. So yeah, we're, it's uh, always fun to kind of dive into all of this data and see, you know, where is the listenership? Um, You know, who is jumping in? I know people thought it was fun before and I kept saying I would do it again. So here we are, we're diving back into some of the the geolocations. Tennessee is uh, dominated by Knoxville, (laughs) 679 of their 900 listens. So there's got to be a few of you there. Uh, Brentwood, Nashville, Mount Juliet uh, are the only other ones in double digits. And just to dive into Tennessee or Tennessee, Virginia, there are only other base that's over 500. Washington at 316, Ashburn at 101, Arlington 88, 46 unknowns, then Virginia Beach and Alexandria. Uh, I actually once worked on a political campaign, fun story, in uh, Northern Virginia. So I know some of that area pretty well from my time spent uh, cruising around, putting in signs and doing door-to-door knocking. It was one campaign, and I uh, vowed to never do it again after that. But that is just kind of our fun with some of who is listening and where. If you're curious, during this time, what has been the most successful podcast? Far and away, July 6th, we hit uh, 750 downloads. Uh, I'm not sure what happened there. You know, we had uh, July 5th was kind of low, and July 7th was kind of low. Uh, so I don't know if it's just people were jumping up that day. Uh, it was a Monday. Uh, but either way, that's part of the reason we had such a fantastic week. And, you know, the other days were pretty high as well amongst the top 10 once you get to the 10th, the 11th. So again, a big thank you to the audience out there with that. And where are you guys listening? What are you using to listen? Uh, Apple Podcasts, 
far and away is the dominant place. Then Apple Core Media, LAV, L-A-V-F, Library, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Watch, uh, Unknown, Overcast, CastBox, Podcast Attic, uh, then iTunes Desk Software again. So, you know, that's that's definitely where it's coming. Uh, I see some people on here. I, I do download my podcast to help myself out. I'm not going to, I'm not above that. Uh, I use Pocket Casts. So there's about 85 of us in that group, uh, which is one behind Chrome. But uh, you can even tell Amazon Alexa to play. What is our lowest? Uh, Stage Fright, DotBot, Mozilla, TuneIn, and AntennaPod are all ones that have been under 10. But yeah, it's uh, Apple Podcasts. So if you do write and leave a review, that is probably the place to leave the review because that is definitely 53% of our audience. And then when you add in the Apple Core Media, that takes us up to 63%. Add in the Apple Watch, and you're up to... uh, basically 67 percent and then when you add in like the last bit it's probably close to about 70 percent of our base so that is fun with geotags on the beginning of the show today let's now dive into what little bit of news and information has popped up the last few days it got announced today i want to pull up all the exact dates through uh, mandy bell is my source on this that the indians are going to have three exhibition games on the 18th 20th and 22nd of july they're going to be on wtm and on sports time ohio uh, the 18th and the 20th will be in Pittsburgh. I'm sorry, the 18th and the 22nd will be uh, at PNC Park in Pittsburgh. The 20th will be at Progressive Field. You'll be able to watch all three of those inner scrimmage games, exhibition games, uh, or listen. So it's some baseball that you're going to be able to see easily that'll be competitive. It'll be something to see. And remember, the Pirates are part of the Indian schedule this year. They will face the Pirates. The Pirates are going to be very, very bad. It's it's going to be a rough season. There are some really interesting young players. I was looking over on uh, roster resources on Fangraphs. I think it's interesting that Josh Bell is listed still as the first baseman. He was so bad last year. It's like, just put him at DH, please. They have Polanco there uh, with uh, Heredia and Wright, Di- Jared Dyson in center, and their left fielder being Brian Reynolds. But it's like Brian Reynolds, Kevin Newman. Those are interesting young players. Josh Bell is a very exciting talent. Adam Frazier played quite well. Uh, Colin Moran has been steadily about average. And then, you know, Cabron Hayes. Maybe they finally pull him up this year and they see what he can do. Uh, old friend alert, Eric Gonzalez is still on that team. Uh, Colt Tucker, older brother of Carson Tucker, Indians first rounder, will also uh, be with that team. Remember when the Pirates had good pitching? <laughs> You know, Joe Musgrove was solid for them a year ago. Trevor Williams has outperformed what I thought he would. I wasn't a huge fan of his. Mitch Keller is the former top prospect. We'll see if he can live up to that. I saw Stephen Brault sometimes in the minors. He was more uh, pitchability type. Derek Holland, they're hoping works out. And this bullpen, it's just, you know, Kyle Crick had that one really good year with San Francisco uh, after being a top prospect. But it's a lot of guys. We'll see what happens with this pen, with Hector Nwosi sitting out, uh, Kiona uh, Kali has not reported to camp. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Oh, so Cabron Hayes has not reported to camp. Uh, James Tyon had Tommy John surgery last year. Chris Archer had thoracic outlet syndrome surgery, which is pretty terrible. And of course, you know, last year's closer is um, probably going to go away to prison for a long time. Uh, blanket on his name but it doesn't matter because he's just a terrible human being so 
They won 69 games a year ago. I am betting they lose 100 this year in spite of the improvement. So, hey, that makes the Indian schedule a little bit easier. Uh, other news, Mandy Bell also reported that uh, Greg Allen crashed into a wall. He got up, he looked hurt, but he stayed in the game. So, left wrist, just in case anything comes to that later. Uh, sometimes, you know, I know when I broke both my wrists, I did not leave school that day. Not saying he broke his wrists, they're probably fine, but you can sometimes, in the heat of the moment, uh, think you're fine and then find out later. So just if that pops up, uh, I thought I would talk about that here and now. Second half of today's show, we're going to talk about lineups because, again, using Mandy Bell as the source, I just want to make sure I'm doing proper accreditation. That uh, Tito gave some information about lineups, so we have to discuss lineups because lineups are going to be kind of weird this year, just because the Indians are so right-handed heavy, which is the first I can recall in recent memory. We're going to dive into lineups. I know I talked about at one point in time that maybe today I would talk about the ESPN lists. I'm going to wait and at least get center field in. We know there's going to be no mention of the Indians in right field, and they've been releasing these daily. There's a chance Mercado gets a mention, at least in those other players. He's definitely not in the top 10, but he could be in that group of like interesting guys to know. So I thought I'd wait one more day before we talk about it. So instead, let's talk about lineups, because yesterday, uh, kind of late... It was announced uh, Terry thinks that Francisco Lindor is going to hit third this year and Cesar Hernandez will shift into the leadoff spot. Now we know Terry loves to have balance. Good old Tito loves balance in his batting lineups. Uh, he, he wants to go lefty-righty when he can. He wants to have one than the other. Um, I don't know if that is as important anymore because of the change, the three-man rule. It's like you're not going to have someone bringing in a lefty just to face a lefty. Um, and I don't feel there's not a lot of rookies to begin with, like a righty you bring in. So I don't know if it is going to hold the importance it once had. But, you know, last year when everyone was healthy, the common lineup for this team was essentially, you know, I'm looking at what is this? This is game 109 against uh, the Los Angeles Angels. You had Lindor leading off, then you had Mercado, so you went switch. Mercado was uh, second. He's your right-handed bat. Santana is a, another switch hitter, and he is hitting third. Puig, right-hander. Jose Ramirez, switch hitter. Franmil Reyes, right-hander. Jason Kipnis, left-handed. Roberto Perez, right. And then Luplo, right, or Naquin, uh, left. So, again, he liked that every other. That's just not possible with the Indians this year. If I had to place a bet, um, you know, I'll go into Mercado as we get closer to the season. He was extremely up and down a year ago. Uh, the splits show that. I'll be curious to see that data. But if we're assuming that uh, Cesar Hernandez is going to be hitting leadoff for the Indians and that Lindor is three, I would think that Mercado is probably going to stay in that two-hole uh, consistency. Question becomes at four, is it Santana? I think it's Santana. I think they would want to keep Ramirez at five. They want to keep those guys in that order. Hernandez is a switch hitter, so then you go switch, then you go Mercado the righty, and you go another switch in Lindor, and the only issue here is then switches with Santana and Ramirez. Again, those are your top bats. You probably want to have them all right there, but then we run into a definite issue, and that definite issue is when you look at how this team is constructed. You know, Fran Mil Reyes is going to be one of the outfielders. He's right-handed. They're talking about Jordan Luplo playing all you know, first righties and lefties, right-handed. Domingo Santana, who they signed as a free agent, right-handed. Roberto Perez, right-handed. So then you're talking about six, seven, eight, and nine all being righties. I, I don't know. It, but what do you do instead? Is it that they 
put Santana at f- four, put Fran Mill at five, and R- Jose Ramirez at six. I hate the thought process of moving him down that far in the lineup when he could be your best hitter. Um, I feel like Jose Ramirez is probably going to be five, but I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if either him or Santana ends up sixth. So there's a little bit more balance. It's going to be interesting to see for sure, just because there isn't anyone who's a left-handed bat that's expected to get regular at bats for this team right now. And that is a big change. You know, they spent a lot of years uh, focused on left-handed bats in the draft and and, in international free agency because you face more righties than you face lefties. So the idea is to take advantage of that. You know, a left-handed bat is uh, typically going to do better against a right-hander, and you're going to face much, much higher percentage of right-handers. So you take advantage of what they call the fat part of the platoon. This team is not constructed for that. This team is constructed to lay waste to left-handed pitching. So I'm going to be curious to see. We don't really know much. Right now they're leaning towards, you know, Hernandez at one and two or three being Lindor. Tito likes to keep things similar. So I just, I feel like Mercado at two likes that speed up the middle. Four, he probably would trust Santana over Ramirez, and then it just, we'll see how the rest of it goes. Uh, it's going to be interesting to figure out. It's going to be very different. I don't know what to expect of it. But since we're talking about the lefty and righty stuff, let's talk about a player who has made a name for himself so far during these uh, this early exhibition season, and that's Yu Chen Chang. Uh, if you followed me for a few years on Twitter, you know I've been a big uh, Chang fan for quite a while his 2017 season in Akron I mean I considered him one of the top five prospects in the system uh he hit 220 that year I'm gonna warn you that's the type of guy he is but he also walked over 10 percent of the time and hit 24 home runs in a park that is harder to hit home runs in than some major league parks that is a pitcher friendly place now Chang is never going to hit for average he is probably never going to even have an on-base percentage that's around average uh it'll probably always be a little bit below but what you're getting with him is potential 20 home run power and that's what we've seen in camp he was just hitting home runs off of everyone in the early going and the other part you get is like he's an above average defender at shortstop a year ago I really wanted him to be the starting shortstop when uh, Frankie couldn't play I wanted him to get that opportunity he was not fully healthy yet it was very unfortunate for him and then he had kind of a down year in AAA when most hitters were performing much better than uh, they previously had so it, it all set up to set him back then the Indians had Christian Arroyo kind of a similar hitter but his trait being uh, hit ability not power and uh, Chang's being power. I mean, different players, but same like high ceiling utility guys who could potentially be something more. I think Chang is the better defender between the two of them. But what's happening here is this is giving Chang a chance. Like he was going to start the year in AAA if this was a typical season based on how camp broke. It was basically down to Arroyo or Freeman. And I think Freeman pretty much has a job locked up. One of the big reasons for that is Chang and Arroyo are more right-handed bats. And as they look for balance, and as Tito loves that type of balance and loves his vets, Freeman being the left-handed bat amongst that group, he is guaranteed a spot. Now, the fact that they're going to carry 30 to start means that they will carry at least one more infielder. And it gives maybe Chang a chance to get out there and get some reps. In Cleveland last year, he did struggle. But he did walk 13% of the time. That was still present. I will be curious to see 
what opportunity he gets this year. He he may be just you know an average league average player when it's all said and done because of the contact issues, but due to the defense and the power and the fact that he can walk, uh, there's a chance for maybe an above average player. You know maybe like a 2.5 or three win guy if you put him at shortstop. The problem is that if he's being put at shortstop, he's going to be asked to replace a, a player who's likely a future Hall of Famer in uh, Frankie Lindor. And the last time we had a, a power shortstop with good power uh, at uh, the position replacing a legend was Johnny Peralta. And if Chang could turn into Peralta, that is a best outcome. You know, another power hitter. He had a long, successful career in the majors. But uh, he's given himself that opportunity, and he's playing well, and we'll have to see. I'm still a fan. I still think he can hold up a short. He can play second. He can play third. He can be a utility guy. Uh, right-handed bat with some thump there. And he's one of those guys, we have to point out, was part of the ill-fated uh, Lucroy deal, along with Mejia and uh, Greg Allen, who's also still in system. And I'm blanking on the pitcher who's not in system anymore. Sean Armstrong was uh, was the Lucroy deal. So... I mean, depending on your view on Greg Allen, like I like Greg Allen, but I think Chang still has the highest ceiling of that group that is left in Cleveland. I think there's a lot of potential, and uh, I'm just looking forward to seeing what he can do in a fully healthy season. Again, 2019 was not a year where he was fully healthy. He did not get the reps that uh, I would have liked to have seen him get. But a name to keep your eye on, a guy who is uh, definitely making a bit of a name in the early going, it's exhibition, so I don't know how much value there really is in that, but he is showing that like he has legitimate Major League power, that that is there, that he can go yard, and he uh, clearly put in work during the downtime. There were players who did not. Uh, I don't have a list. I haven't been keeping track of who you hear about and what. I mean, everyone knows about Pablo Sandoval and the weight. I'm not going to spend any time on that. But Chang invested time in himself, and he's ready to go, and he's having a strong early going, and stuff like that's going to help. The, there isn't a lot of depth. Uh, we talked about on yesterday's show how opt-outs can happen, how trades could happen. Uh, he's going to be sitting there. He's already on the 40-man. He's going to turn 25 in August. He is ready to go. He is a, a talented player who can play multiple spots, who is allowing himself you know uh, by his performance a chance to be a contributor this year to the Cleveland Indians so I just wanted to spend some time on Yu Chen Chang as we talk about the lineups I do think it'll be a little bit harder just because it's basically going to come down to that second utility spot is Chang or Arroyo I think Freeman's got the one locked up so I think it's going to be one of those two for the final spot so they're kind of competing head-to-head there and then Whoever wins it eventually will probably end up back in camp as the roster sinks from 30 to 28 to 26. But it's still an opportunity. It's still a chance to play. And either way, he's going to be getting reps with the team, which is very important for his development. I know he's just ranked 21 on the MLB top prospect list, but I'm all in. I really believe in the ability. I think he's higher than 21st. I mean, I don't have him in the top 10 anymore, but... I think he's a very likely major league talent. And again, it's early in camp. We're looking for fun stories, things we could talk about. And he certainly popped up due to the the uh, home runs and the power that he was showing in the early going. And uh, I guess this leads me as we approach the end of the podcast, who do you want me to talk about? Who's a player that maybe you want me to dig a little deeper into, spend some more time on? 
Uh, is there someone in the minors, someone who did not get rostered, someone who did get rostered? Uh, what do you guys as a fan base uh, want me to talk about? What do you want me to dig into? What do you want me to spend that time trying to find more information about or to discuss uh, on a show? Who wants to be a focal point for it? So, again, I want to thank everyone for giving us our biggest week ever yesterday. That is, uh, was I talked about on yesterday's show, I should say, and that's just been overwhelmingly awesome for me. So I really do appreciate that. Thank you all for listening, for downloading, telling a friend, rating and reviewing. It means so, so much to me. I have been Jeff Ellis. You have been fantastic. And as always, at least for now, go Tribe.